This is the Emerald Podcast Network. I am Alec Cowan. I'm here with Riley Cahan. I'm a news reporter. And we are here to do something a little different. I guess I should say first off, we're here to talk about a little game. Well, okay, maybe not so little, but maybe you've even heard of it, Riley. It's called League of Legends. Now there is a large sports tournament with a multi-million dollar prize taking place in Seattle right now. Now what sport is it? Competitive video games. Video games like Riot Games' League of Legends have major parallels to traditional professional sport. 15,000 people all here to watch their favorite players compete in the North American finals of League of Legends, currently the most played video game in the world. So, Riley, this game is massively popular. Like, I'm not sure the word massive even really accurately covers it. No, not really. Um, according to Wall Street Journal tallies from 2014, there's over 67 million people playing League per month. Um, there's 27 million per day and 7.5 million players during peak hours. Forbes came out with the most recent estimate at 100 million active players per month. And it is considered by many to be one of the most popular video games in the world. Yeah, and it's also evolved alongside streaming services like YouTube and Twitch, so it's a game that has been perfectly suited for the internet. And to help us better understand the game, we brought in Frankie Benitez, our resident Emerald League of Legends player. So Frankie, how long have you been playing League of Legends? I've been playing for about two years now. Were you self-taught or did someone teach you how? Um, I actually, um, right out of the dorms, I moved into a house where everyone played League. And they were all pretty good. Like, there was two plats and one gold. And they were just like, Frankie, why don't you play? And, yeah, so I just jumped right into the shark tank, learned the hard way. <laughs> okay, so wait, wait. Plats and gold. What? Um, those are ranks. Um, so you can be bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, challenger, master. Okay, so I, I guess before we get too ahead of ourselves, um, so can you just – obviously, this is an incredibly complex game. Yeah. But can you just give, like, the spark notes, like, the overview of it? Mm-hmm. So basically, welcome to Summoner's Rift. It's like capture the flag. <laughs> You've got a big map and one team starts on one side, one team starts on the other side, and then you're trying to get to the other team's base and destroy their nexus, which is just like a big floating crystal in their base. But if you're getting more complex, there's like, it's you're a summoner controlling a champion. This battle will be my master. And there's like 200 champions to yeah, choose from. There's so many. And they each have different abilities that they can use to fight each other. And basically you can, you collect experience and gold throughout the game and you can level up certain like aspects of your champion. And the champions also lend themselves to be in a certain role, like very much so. It's hard to play a champion in a role that they're not for, but people do it anyway, it's pretty fun. and. It's kind of like a sport in that each game is completely reset each time. Like you start at zero and then games like can last 20 minutes to over an hour, but usually about 40 minutes, I'd say. And there's different roles in the game, like lanes on the map. So there's like a bottom lane, a middle lane, and a top lane, and there's jungle in between. And there's various, but like bot lane usually has an AD carry and a support. And the AD carry's job, just like I explained, is to build a lot of damage, and they don't build a lot of health. And those are champions, right? Yeah. Okay. And then the support's role is to keep their ADC alive, help like let them farm up minions and get gold. And minions are just like teeny little enemies that you minions have spawned. 
farm, like you kill them to get gold, and there's a bunch of them through the, the whole game. And Wait, and bo- both teams are killing minions, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, they both come down their lane towards the middle. They meet in the middle, and they just the ADC just tries to kill minions. The mid laners try and kill minions. The top laners are just killing minions, just farming up. And then there are towers along the lane. There's three in each lane, and you're trying to beat the other team, get more minions, get more gold, maybe kill them if you can. An enemy has been slain. Take their towers down and like work your way up towards their nexus where you can destroy their nexus to win. And then the other thing that is that in the jungle, there are monsters. And so there will be, almost always there's a jungler on each team. Like almost always. And then their whole job is to just kill monsters, kill monsters until they are strong enough to like come into someone's lane and just kill them. And it gives you a big advantage if your jungler can come in. It's called ganking and like gank your opponent and then you're ahead because they are dead. <laughs> okay, so running with the capture the flag analogy, mm-hmm. right? It's essentially like you're playing capture the flag, but then there's also like three other non-affiliated teams that you're trying to beat while also beating your opponent. Whoa, no. (laughs) It's very, like, you're just focused on getting that nexus, but, like, there are obstacles in the way, kind of. Like, it's kind of like the nexus is your main goal, but there are steps you have to take to get there. Like, you have to get the first tower, you have to get the second tower, you have to get the third tower, you have to get the inhibitor, you have to get the nexus tower, and then finally get the nexus. That's why games take so long. (laughs) Okay, so how difficult is this to learn? Um... It's pretty difficult to learn. Like, it took me about a month to actually know all the aspects of the game. Like, when I started, I was just learning how to do mechanically, like, how to move my champion. And then each champion is different. So you have to learn a bunch of different champions before you can really play because, like, the other team can ban certain champions and when you're selecting your champion or, like, they might pick it so you can't play it. So you need to know a few, and they're all different in how they work mechanically. So it takes a while to learn that. And then to learn what items to get, too, that's, like, a little difficult to learn. So, I mean, it took me a month. I don't know if I'm a slow learner or <laughs> if that's average, but... Did you have video game experience before League of Legends? Actually... League of Legends is the only video game that I play besides, like, The Sims. So, no. <laughs> I had to learn everything. Are there a lot of girl players for League? Um, There are a lot of girl players. Um, There's only ever been one, like, girl professional player, and she actually dropped out because of the hate she was experiencing. But um, I think it can be a little bit, like, toxic to girls. Like, I don't know if we want to go into this right now, but I've definitely had games where someone's like, are you a girl? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, I hate girls in this game. <laughs> don't play with me. Get out of here. Just leave. I'm like, well, okay, that's cool. Or like guys who are like, are you a girl? Be my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> so is there any like backstory to these characters or like yeah, there's a ton of backstory to each character. There's, like, champion, but there are, um, there's, like, lore for each champion. You can go to their page and hit, like, lore and read their whole backstory. And some of them actually, like, like intersect with each other. Like, the champion Jinx, her sister is Vi, and they both come from this, like, really cool futuristic city that a bunch of other champions come from, like this one, Echo. And sometimes League will come out with, like, a whole, like, cartoon for them, like, a video for them or a music video for them or, like, 
just awesome. Like art, there's been comics for certain like skin releases. It's fun. Like you can Google it. There's like animations that are really complicated and intricate that are really cool to watch that have to do with like the champions and who they are and their attitude and everything. So yeah. So there's like a whole world for this. Oh yeah, for sure. I would say so. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now that we have a bit of a better context, let's see what League of Legends looks like on campus. So on January 31st, a new esports conference was announced. And esports is short for electronic sports, so like video game competitions. Yeah, exactly. So what happened was student group leaders from 11 universities in the Pac-12 collaborated to create the Pacific Alliance of Collegiate Gamers. Pac-G. Pac-G. So this organization will run college tournaments dedicated to computer games like League of Legends, Overwatch, and Rocket League, which are some of the biggest online games today. That's awesome. Definitely. There's a great community on campus who enjoys meeting up and playing pickup games of League of Legends, or LOL as it's commonly called. And to find out more about LOL, or LOL, seen on campus, we spoke with Tim Peckham. My name is Tim Peckham. Tim is the League of Legends club president at the University of Oregon, who was the fourth university to join the PAC-G. Tim, could you just break down what the PAC-G is for us? Yeah, they'd probably kill me if I don't remember what it stands for, but I'm pretty sure it stands for the Pacific Alliance of Competitive Gaming. And it's 11 of the 12 PAC-12 schools, not including Washington, but that includes OSU, U of O, um, Arizona, Arizona State, if I'm not right about that. Boise, Utah, Utah's a big player in it, Stanford, and a couple of the other Pac-12 schools. I just don't know all the Pac-12 right off the top of my head, but it's a student-led coalition for competitive gaming. It's That's the basis of it. Um, it's all student-led. There's representatives from all the schools um, paving the way. Utah is definitely leading the way. Um, they do all the broadcasting and recording the live gaming commentary for the live feeds of games being played, but right now, competitively played for the Pac-G, it's uh, League of Legends, Hearthstone, Overwatch, and Rocket League, and Uvo is competing in everything but Rocket League as of now. But this is just season one of the Pac-G, so this is just the starting point, and it's definitely going to grow pretty fast. When did Uvo join the Pac-G? Um, so we joined at the start of just everyone getting, like, formed by all the schools uh, leading the way. It was basically just an email from one of the guys we already knew. He was just like, hey, we're starting up <laughs> a gaming coalition. You guys in? We all looked at each other and was like, yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> so it was, uh, I think that email met December is when we started talking to people about it. But we knew it was in the works since like November. It just wasn't officially like formed yet. Yeah, and it launched in February, so anywhere in between those times. <laughs> cool. And what is UO's role in PAC-G compared to all the other schools? So we're just one of the competitive groups among the schools, just like you'd say like UofL in basketball or football in the PAC-12. What's their role? Well, we just exist in <laughs> playing against the other schools. We're another competitive school. Um, we are, like, there's people who are, like, more in leadership roles. Like, we all have our input of what we want out of the PAC-G and what we want to give to the PAC-G. It's very open-ended. Like, if people want to do marketing, media, be part of broadcasting, uh, manage their teams, like, we manage our teams, obviously, because we're the ones who formed our teams. But uh, we meet, the PAC-G meets every Sunday. Well, was meeting every Sunday until the launch. 
and now we have random meetings to talk about other things. But it's basically every Sunday uh, we meet up in a phone call with all the uh, PACG schools and give our input. There's obviously a couple people leading the way with the PACG. There's um, like the, the leaders who are at the forefront. There's like four or five of them. And they have the groundwork of what they want, but we all talk as a community what we want more out of it because games like Overwatch like wasn't even being talked about until like arguments came up like, oh, should this be competitively played? Like, do we have the rights from the company? There's like a lot of stuff that goes behind it, but we're a part of it. Like, we're in the talks. We're not just a school that's just standing by until things happen. Um, the three guys, including myself, who are very. Uh, proactive and making sure that Uvo becomes a gaming-related school in the competitive scene. Um, we're definitely proactive and trying to make that happen. Cool. How big are esports on in college campuses? Or I mean, like how how important has it been to get the Pac G formed in, in ours or like schools in the nation as a whole? Um, both. So, <laughs> so the three guys I'm talking about. Um, so two besides me is uh, David Gugliotti and Tanner Peterson. They're both um, the leaders for the are now going towards more of a gaming club, competitive gaming club, not just what now we're the League of Legends club, and we're the three forefront that's pushing this at U of O, and we're really jealous of other schools and what they have already established, like Utah and Boise State, where they have scholarships for students who are gamers, where they actually go out and recruit gamers to come to their school because they have a. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, programs that are already established that are related to not necessarily gaming, that's definitely there, but stuff more like gaming, broadcasting, recording, media, uh, like computer science-related things that aren't that are geared towards that and they're, where they're going to go in the future in the industry. And obviously at U of O and, like, and OSU, like in other schools, that we don't have that, but... This is kind of the way to pave that road because, like I said, all the broadcasting and media is coming from schools like Utah and Boise State, and they're in the Pac-G, and they're running the forefront because they have the programs and the people and the administration behind that who can make that actually happen for all the other schools while we're all competing in this, like, as if you're watching ESPN and there's, like, Pac-12, like, broadcasters, all these cameramen people, part of it, there's, like, people managing behind the scenes. And the behind the scenes is definitely coming from Utah. Um, it's the forefront of the PAC-G. And they're basically helping us pave that road. And they give us that, like, hey, you guys need help talking to your schools. This is what you need to do. And there's definitely a good, like, relationship going on. How big is, I mean, obviously U of U is probably you know, is the, the forefront, the biggest. I mean, how big is U of O's esports team? Esports team. Um, so, actually, we do have, uh, I want to say, five teams. I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, but there's a, like just in terms of what I know of what we're running, um, the League of Legends team, there's two of them. There's a varsity and a JV team, uh, both with five players each, but there's people who help behind the scenes beyond just the players. So I'd say there's probably like 12 of us who are very committed to it. Um, there's an Overwatch team being formed. They're playing in the Pack g and they're kind of like a ragtag team. Like most of the things in the Pack g is very, it's very ragtag since it's very long. We just wanted to push as fast as we can get into the school year as possible without being too late going into spring term. So it's basically all schools were basically just run as fast as possible to make teams, and that's our Overwatch team. I think there's six of them that we've talked to, but it's growing fast because people really like Overwatch. They're just trying to find the best of the best players because obviously we want to win. <laughs> we definitely want to compete. And um, 
Hearthstone, there's actually quite a bit. Um, there's one guy actually who's very committed and loves Hearthstone. He's actually one of those people we're looking for when we went out to find players, and he's actually managing them. I'd say there's probably like four to six Hearthstone players, and this is and separate from Pack G, there's a PUBG team, and there's four of those guys. And I think there's another team in there somewhere, but I don't know. <laughs> but there's a lot been happening the last month. Hard to keep follow everyone, but yeah, th- it's moving. There's definitely a lot of like we found out when we sent out like a lot of mass emails and we're looking for players for all these games because they all formed within the last month, not counting the League of Legends team. So uh, we found that there's people who already like have like some competitive teams formed within the last year or a couple of years that people in Eugene who've had competitive teams in the past, then they saw us doing what we were doing. They're like, oh, we want to be a part of that. So it was really cool seeing like communities kind of join together. Is there any, I mean, obviously you're saying varsity, uh, JV squads. I mean, is there any like affiliation with sports like, kind of athletics that you owe? Um, not affiliated. Um, esports as a sport, I don't think is technically recognized by a lot of universities. Um, I assume our university is part of that since we're basically the one running the whole thing. Um, it's very student-led. It's, it's like it's a club organization. We're, it's more of community-based. Okay, yeah so, yeah, so e-sports programs just, I guess, you know, nationally aren't really attached yeah. to larger sports programs? It's or? like it's like intramural recs. Like, you have people playing football, basketball, pickup through the year. But this is definitely more, like, a ragtag commitment group of people who all like similar things just like football and basketball nothing much different like hey you guys want to play like pick a game of basketball it's kind of like you guys want to play a pickup game of league like that's definitely that community but this is the more competitive side of it just like there's that basketball leagues football leagues like at all levels and this is like the collegiate level of ragtag <laughs> pickup games so it's a good community there and basketball or <laughs> <laughs> no, that's with league yeah 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 I, I was actually quite surprised. I joined the club last spring term, and I've known about it since my freshman year. And it was really interesting because my friends in the dorms would be like, hey, you want to go to league club? And I'm like, man, most of the gamers I meet online are pretty toxic people. I don't think I want to like go to a club about that. Then I went spring term because my roommate brought me, and like people there are actually really nice. I might have gotten really lucky, but the people there are really nice. And a cool group of dudes and girls who are just just trying to have fun, have a good time not there to make anyone mad or rub people the wrong way. And we built quite a community in the last year. How do you think that PACG has, like the creation of it has benefited UO and your club, like specifically, like have you guys gotten more recognition from the university because of it or in general, or is it just getting your name out there and that kind of thing? Name out though, for sure. And on the student side, definitely growth in community. Because we were just a League of Legends club, just going week by week, seeing how much we can grow from what we could give to the table. But you can only draw, draw so much from the gaming community from one game, because not everyone plays the same game. But then you have this community of people who like play competitive games now. It's a more broad community. You said competitive league, now it's competitive gaming. And all these people have very like-minded dreams of playing games, and they're interested more than just one game, obviously. So it's people who are already in the League Cup more, had more interest and wanting to do more because, like, oh, I can also compete in Overwatch, Hearthstone, Rocket League, PUBG, and so on and so on. People are asking about, what about this game and this game and this game? So it's definitely, like, more questions are being brought up because of the Pack G, and those questions is what makes the Pack G grow more because people are like, I'm very interested in this side of the community, or maybe people want to be more technical, like, how can I do marketing or media work for the Pack G? Like, I'm very interested. And 
Utah, Boise, and a lot of um, even us, like we have connections to bigger businesses that can help us grow more, put our name more public out there. And that definitely has brought in a bigger community because I thought it was the funniest thing ever. If you guys know the actor, uh, businessman, and athlete uh, Rick Fox, he actually tweeted out about the Pac G when he saw it formed because he's actually the owner of an esports league at the uh, professional level. And when he saw it, he's like, man, these are the people that uh, make things happen. Like at the student level, and it's just super cool. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> How difficult is it to go pro? Pro? Uh, you got to be good for one. <laughs> and a uh, lot of practice and where you can able to achieve, like, I don't know, it's like sports. Like, you put a lot of dedication time in one thing and you can get better and better and better. But I feel like for a lot of students, they know that we have to balance a certain lifestyle. So if you can be just like gifted from the start, you have a definitely an advantage. But to go pro, uh, I don't know if I could ever do that in gaming. <laughs> I'm not that good. Is it difficult at all? I mean, obviously, you're kind of likening it to playing pickup basketball or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, is it is it difficult for a lot of folks to be able to, like, balance trying to – are there a lot of folks trying to go pro with league? I mean, it's, is it difficult to balance yeah, student life? Um, and, last year was the first time I ever watched the actual – it's called the ULL series, the Collegiate Series for League. That's the um, highest level sponsored by um, the Riot, the company behind League of Legends. And I was watching all the interviews with the players. I think one of them was like Texas or Kentucky. I'm not sure which teams were made it to the finals. I was watching the interviews. Like, yeah, like this guy was like, I'm going to school to be like a cop or something. He's like, I can't wait to like graduate because I'm gonna be a cop. He's like, he's talking about like like I don't know like these scholarships, like their scholarship money, pool money, like helping them to go through school and stuff. So they're definitely really good at the game because they're making it to the finals and the collegiate series. But their mind's not just on the game. It's also on what they have a passion for. So it's really interesting. Hmm. If that kind of answers the question, not really. Yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> yeah, super, yeah, there's that's these super. good players, but they're not just looking out for the pro- a professional game. They have other things in mind, too. And it's just helping them get to that goal. And you? Me? Yeah. So it'd be cool if like we can get scholarship money for what we're doing because we're putting a lot of time and effort in what we're doing. But also it's a passion, too. So this is also kind of like resume building because <laughs> we're doing a lot of like networking and business work management and a lot of teamwork and cooperation to get things moving forward. And the last year has definitely been a lot of that. I remember like, our summer break when it was just two of us trying to rebuild the pieces to our club, where to go forward. And now we're here and it's just kind of interesting. That's, I think, the best way to describe it is interesting. So since the League Club is not a university-recognized varsity program at the UO, they're only recognized as a club. And with that status, it's been difficult to organize good meeting places and spread the word on the club. They had about 50 members as of last term, but this term they're down to about 20. And according to David Gugliotti, who is a graduate student member at the club, the club is still working to build the program towards a varsity program. He has been meeting with Mandy Chong, the Center for Student Involvement Program Director, about what the future of the program may look like. And that means deciding whether the program would be under the computer science department or the athletics department, who would be in charge of assessing staff time, facilities, liability, and even more. And that would also mean the organization would have to adhere to some larger NCAA rules. Ultimately, the student leaders from the league club say that they want to grow the club into a program where prospective students want to come to the UO for the esports program. So similar to the way they want to come here for sports like basketball and football. Yeah, exactly.
You can catch up on the entirety of this story in Riley's cover feature this week, and you can subscribe to Emerald Media to hear about all our other podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and we'll be back. Thanks for listening. So who is your favorite champion? My favorite champion right now is Lux. Um, She's just like a happy little blonde girl who like uses light for magic. And she has a giant laser, which I love. And uh, I also really like Zyra. She's like a lady made out of plants who like commands plants to attack. And I, I mean, I like a bunch of champions. I like Sona. I like Janna. I like, I like all girl champions. They're just, I just like being cute in the game.